to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The 2018 Concert of Colors is coming up in July, and you can suggest a song to be performed by the Don Was All-Star Review. This year's theme is Detroit Rock City. Go to WDET.org and enter your favorite rock song about Detroit or your favorite rock song by a Detroit band or artist. Then plan to attend the free concert at Orchestra Hall with WDET's Ishmael Ahmed and Ann Delisi on Saturday, July 14th. This year, there is a second concert that has been added on July 15th at the Michigan Theater in Jackson, Michigan. Okay, we're going to talk about books all hour today. Uh, We're going to talk about reading books. We're going to talk about writing about books. We're going to talk about what we do when we get together to talk about books. And we want to start with the idea of the Midwest Literary Walk. Every year in Chelsea, the Midwest Literary Walk sends book lovers on a unique stroll through town where they hear from an impressive lineup of authors. This year features Michigan favorite son Michael Eric Dyson, a poet with a lot of buzz, and an author who thinks a lot about what it means to be a reader and to be a lover of books. We're going to talk with two of those authors this week, but first, we want to get a little more info about this unique event. Rich Folly is the Midwest Literary Walks organizer, and he joins me now to talk about it. Rich, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thank you, Stephen. I really love being here. Yes. As I was saying to you before we went on the air, I, I just adore this event. Uh, I, I just think it's one of the coolest ideas that we have here in Southeast Michigan. And every year when I get the list of people, authors who you have convinced to come here and be part of this, I am just blown away. You uh, you shoot for the stars and uh, every couple, every couple uh, shots, you land one. You get yeah. one to come down here and uh, hang out with us. Uh, talk to me about the idea of of the Mid- Midwest Literary Walk, where it came from, uh, and how it began. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Stephen. The, the Midwest Literary Walk has been around. This is the 10th year, and it keeps growing. The, the nice thing about doing events like this is that the, the more they happen, the more people start to recognize that there's this event happening, and they start to set their calendars. And so we're in the 10th year now, and we've had some amazing authors, as you mentioned. It's put on every year by the Chelsea District Li- Library, mm-hmm. which is an amazing uh, small library in Michigan and just one of the jewels uh, in our, our library system in America, and in fact, won the 2008 Small Library Award in America. So they, they really do a, a, such a wonderful job there, and uh, I love working with them. But you're right. Every year we manage to grab some amazing writers. We've had uh, Pulitzer Prize winners like Heather Ann Thompson. We've had National Book Award winners like Robin Cost Lewis. Uh, and we've had so many others. Elmore Leonard's been you know, to our event um, and, and we have a lot of Detroit people, too. Uh, Jamal May has been there and yeah. Eric Matthews, who's not in Detroit anymore, but was for a long time. And then we have people like Angela Flournoy, who writes about Detroit, who doesn't necessarily live here. But her book, The Turner House, uh, which was nominated for a National Book Award as well, uh, is all about Detroit. So we really like to focus on some of the authors that, that write about the Midwest and write about Michigan and Detroit, but also those that come from, from here. But we do pull from from everywhere else as well, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and and talk about how the event works. That's one of the things I think is really cool too. This idea of a stroll through Chelsea, where you just sort of encounter yes. these different authors. Yes, you know, bucolic Chelsea. I like to say. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful town, and it's springtime in Chelsea, and it's the first time people are really getting out of their houses and 
and it's in three different locations, all within a block of each other. From, for people who are looking for that sort of destination event, uh, it's from 1 to 5 p.m. on Saturday, the 28th. If you show up in Chelsea, you're going to find it. We're not a huge town right underneath that that clock tower that people may know if they've ever been to the Common <laughs> Grill or come out to the Purple Rose Theater where Jeff Daniels has been mm-hmm. for so long. It's that town that's just fun to visit. And and uh, there's three different events, and they, they, ha- they happen at 1, and then there's another event that happens at 2.30, and then another event that happens at 4, and we'll talk about the authors in just a minute. But you move from event to event, and you get to stretch your legs and meet the people and feel a little bit of what Chelsea's all about. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about your interest in books and authors. Uh, you you are someone who's got a long history uh, in the book industry. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, Book Nerds Unite. I love books. I've been involved with it for a long time. I started at uh, Kramer Books in Washington, D.C., a great independent in DuPont Circle there. And then I, I helped launch Book TV at C-SPAN. Uh, after that, which is a, a you know one of my claims to fame, I, I spent a long time at C-SPAN. Came to Borders here in Ann Arbor and spent years, twelve years, working with Borders before they uh, are now dearly departed um, and left left this place. But uh, it was a great time then. And then I went to PBS and and helped launch PBS Books, which I'm still doing. And you can see coverage of PBS Books all over the place. We were at the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books last week, and we're going to continue with many other festivals. And you can just go to see that at PBS. Books. Yeah, t- talk more about PBS Books. I'm not sure everybody knows uh, what that is. It's a really cool. Yeah, it's growing. Well. I mean, pbsbooks.org is where you can find all the the coverage that we put together. It's it's four years now. We've covered 15 or 20 different festivals. Uh, it's an amazing thing. And and now we're affiliated with PBS's The Great American Read series, which was just announced last week. Meredith Vieira is the host. And so we're one of the presenting arms of that. I, I work through Detroit Public Television as the presenting station, and we do it for the entire PBS system. So it's one of Detroit's claims to fame here in the sort of public media world is that we are the presenter of PBS books to the rest of the uh, PBS universe and public media universe. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And we have these incredible people visit our set at all these events. Yeah. You know, in, in some ways, uh, it's it's uncanny, I guess, that the Midwest Literary Walk and PBS Books, that these things are, are still in existence and doing so well. If you think about the way that the book industry has changed, if you think about the, the idea that books were, I guess, under threat even uh, by, by sellers like Amazon, which seemed to chew through... Uh, the existing infrastructure of, of of booksellers and things, but but in in a way, I also feel like we're in this sort of sweet spot right now for independent booksellers. I mean, it's almost as if uh, the power of the word and the power of ideas really pushed back very hard against uh, the trends that we saw ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, well said. Um, there's a renaissance happening for sure in the in the indie bookstore world, and and we're going to make sure that continues you know, here in Detroit. And I, I'm talking to all sorts of folks about like how we can continue to grow that here. And you see what Pages Bookshop is doing on Livernois mm-hmm. and, and what Source is happening down Source in Midtown, down there, which yeah. is amazing. And there, there's there's a huge uh, opportunity to, to grow books, not only in Detroit, but it's happening all over the country. Some of the best uh, parts of, uh, and some of the most amazing sort of comeback elements of cities are being driven by a bookstore, which becomes sort of the cultural hub, the sort of bohemian center of a city. And then you start to see the rest of the arts and, and you see how they work so well with other things like restaurants. And it really is happening. And for those that think that there's nobody reading anymore, I mean, you just haven't been paying attention. If you see what's happening, especially with younger readers in the young adult world and the kids adult world, and then uh, you know people in their 20s, it's an explosion. It's happening. And these, these books, 
uh, these these authors are are rock stars in their own right. They have millions of followers, yeah. and they they're they're leveraging social media now, and they're driving movie releases and things of mm-hmm. that sort. So there's really an energy to it that I think is sort of under the radar for some people, but but not for people who follow books. You know, uh, and, and it's amazing to me whenever I sort of interact with with an author, uh, at, uh, how evident it is that that there is this sort of uh, renaissance, as you as you put it going on uh, just a week ago uh, or about a week and a half ago, I was part of uh, the Contemporary Authors uh, series at Mary Grove. And this year, Colson Whitehead was the author uh, that they that they featured. Uh, great dumb luck, right? That, that, that they'd <laughs> Coulson, chosen him. one of him. our finest writers in America <laughs> exactly, today. Exactly, yeah. right? They'd chosen him before he won the Pulitzer Prize last year. Uh, and so they got him in the middle of this incredible run that he's having. And they had it in in one of the ballrooms at Marygrove where he spoke and and talked about his writing and and his book there were must have been 600 650 people in that room i mean the people were lined up along the sides just to hear him talk about his words and and i guess you know you can't sit through something like that without thinking uh, a lot about how powerful books are right now this is a guy who who makes up stories. Now they are very powerful stories and they have very strong connection to to reality, but he makes up stories and and that many people here on a Friday night uh, wanted to go and and hear what he had to say. It was really mind-blowing. I, I see it every day, Stephen. I mean, it's what's amazing to me. You look at Tayari Jones whose new book American Marriage is Oprah's new pick. Um, just has a, a, a group of people following her around when she was at the LA Times Festival with us just a few days ago. You see people, the effect that people like Roxanne Gay or Ta-Nehisi Coates are having in the world as influencers. It's all driven by their books mm-hmm. and the words that they write. Um, you know, you see these amazing human beings that are writing, that are creating connections, that are driving the conversations we're having today. That's where the, everything sort of starts and begins. Or on the other hand, these sort of media personalities or actors and actresses that come back and are writing books because that is an important form of media that they want to participate in. It's sort of a, something that creates this other world for them. Mm-hmm. And then you have book clubs that are exploding. Dan Egan, who has written about the Great Lakes most recently, is the yeah. most recent PBS NewsHour New York Times uh, book club selection. So they're going deep into some of these topics and categories, driving huge sales, and sort of opening the door to books and words for people that may not have been paying attention before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rich Folly. He's the event organizer for the Midwest Literary Walk in Chelsea, Michigan, which takes place this Saturday from 1 to 5 uh, in Chelsea. Uh, we're talking about books. We're talking about words and ideas and the power of those things uh, in 2018. And we're going to talk about books all hour Today. Up next, we're going to talk with an author who's written about what it means to us to read. And then we're going to talk uh, with an editor who has compiled a collection of Elmore Leonard's Westerns, uh, something that uh, he was not as well known for as his sort of gritty urban crime dramas. All our also, uh, call and tell us what, what role books play in your world. What are you reading that matters to you? What are you reading that that sort of changing the way you think about things and and what role do books play in your life what role do they play in your thinking and in your sort of interpersonal relations think about the way that books help us relate to ourselves and to other people as always the number on the phones is 313 
5771019. That's 3135771019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we will work you into the conversation. Before I let you go, Rich, I'm going to ask you those questions. <laughs> what do you get to read for fun? I would imagine that uh, that organizing this event every year keeps you quite busy uh, reading for work. Uh, what do you read for pleasure when you just get to pick a book on your own? Wow, picking a book on my own. That's, that's, <laughs> you that, know, that's I, a treat. And I'll say up front, I, I have to admit that as someone who also has to read all the time for work, I don't get a great uh, I don't get a great uh, opportunity to, to to pick books on my own either. So well, I, I do find time. I do find time for sure. Like uh, I I mean, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, which is this amazing story, a uh, uh, Korean immigration story, and and ha- and it, one of the best books that I've read this year. I just read, and I'm way late to the game. Uh, Patty Smith, because I saw her, and you talked about having big crowds in events. I saw Patty Smith at the DIA the other day, yeah. and there's this huge crowd there, and I had never read. Just Kids, which is uh, you know her a really specific time in her life with Robert Maplethorpe in New York, amazing mm-hmm. book. But I I do read the books that I'm going to be with, and and the the people that are coming. You're going to be talking to Will Schwalbe in yeah. a minute. His book, uh, Books for Living, is one of my favorite books of the year. And his previous book, uh, The End of Your Life Book Club, should be on everyone's book club list. He's just an amazing advocate for books. Michael Eric Dyson, a Detroit guy who mm-hmm. is coming in for our event, uh, his book Tears We Cannot Stop. He has another one coming out pretty soon too. But this one is is just eye opening and urgent and fierce and uh, everything Michael Eric Dyson fans you know know of him and mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's it's an incredible book. And then my favorite, Ada, uh, the poet of of 2018, Ada Limon, one of my favorite people on the planet, who's going to be at our event. I read Bright Dead Things and I reread it, and she has a new one coming out this year too called The Carrying. But I, I find a lot of solace in poetry right now. I think yeah. the poets are moving the needle in ways that are really astounding to me. Huh. And and uh, I find that uh, like people like Dennis Smith, who's um, from Chicago, who's writing this really urgent, important work right now, they, they really move me a lot. Wow. That's really interesting. I mean, the idea of poetry uh, sort of sneaking in there instead of... Fiction or nonfiction, that's not something Yeah, I'm a fiction guy, but poetry is what has been moving me lately. I mean, especially like the um, um, some of the, the new poets coming out of the scene right now are really just right on top of some of the most important hmm. issues of the day and writing stuff that just is so impactful, so meaningful, and, and more importantly, powerful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I remember last year after the, the Pulitzers uh, were announced uh, and Tayyem Bajess Who's also a local uh, was was a winner. Actually, a local who went to my to my high school, um, uh, and I went and read his book uh, Olio, which yeah, which read and you can take it apart and you can play with Olio. It's and, really cool. Yeah, so, it, Tayemba is uh, one of those spirits in this world who, and a Detroit guy, and I don't think a lot of people know that this Pulitzer Prize winning Detroit person mm-hmm. who uh, is just changing the world of poetry. It's just multi dimensional, multi platform, and just really pushing the boundaries of that. That genre for sure. Very cool. All right. Rich Folly, event organizer for the Midwest Literary Walk. You may recognize his last name because he shares it with Craig Folly, who for for so long was uh, the host of a show here on WDET. You are his brother. Uh, Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Yeah, I appreciate the focus on books, Stephen. Absolutely. All right. Up next, we're going to talk with Will Schwalbe, the first author on the Midwest Literary Walk. He's going to talk about the impact of reading and books on our lives. And as always, don't forget, if you have to 
miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen whenever you want to. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Why do we read? Is it for learning or is it for pleasure? Or is it a combination of both? Is it to discover new things about the world or to learn new things about ourselves? The relationship between readers and books is intimate and personal, and it can facilitate more intimacy and togetherness with others when we use books as the means for discussion and debate. Will Schwalbe has thought a lot about reading and our relationship with books and other readers. He writes about the written word and its power in our lives. He is going to kick off the Midwest Literary Walk this Saturday, April 28th at 1 p.m. at the First Congregational Church in Chelsea. And he joins us now to talk about the power of words and ideas in our lives. Will Schwalbe, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. And callers, uh, tell us about a book that changed your life and why you think we should all read it. Or tell us which classical fictional character you would want to have a conversation with if you could and why. Tell us about the role that books play in your life, 313-577-1019 is, as always, the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, well, I want to start with this idea the, of, of the book that you've written here. Um, you like the stories behind books. You like the personal experience of reading and sharing books with others. What got you interested in all of this? Well, I think like most readers, uh, I was lucky enough to have it start really young. And I was one of those fortunate people uh, who had a parent who read to me before I went to bed at night. Mm -hmm. And my mother would read storybooks to us. And that was such a special time. Uh, that was something that uh, the three of us, me and my brother and sister, could look forward to all day. And I never lost the joy that comes from the experience of not just reading a book, but sharing a book. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, I've just loved to talk with people about books they were reading and books I was reading. Yeah. You know, I, I can remember that same thing. My mom reading to me and my sister when we were uh, when we were little. And I can remember very specifically the book that made me say, you know what, I don't want to wait until my mom is going to read this to us again. I'm going to take that book for myself and I'm going to get, I'm going to jump out ahead or I'm going to go finish that book. And it was uh, a wrinkle in time by oh, Madeline Lingle, which, uh, which for me was the, the sort of entree to the, the, the world of fantasy stories and, and, and things like that. And I think that's, uh, that's for all of us, that sort of spark, right? That, that moment where we say, this is for me, uh, and, and I don't need to count on someone else to do it for me. And then it sort of opens up this world of, uh, of 
intimate relationships with the words and sometimes with other folks. Absolutely. There's this sort of training wheel effect, too. Even going back to the earliest picture books when my mother would read to me Ferdinand the Bull or Harold yeah. and the Purple Crayon or something like that. Um, you start to – Harold and the Purple Crayon is actually more drawing than words. But uh, Ferdinand <laughs> the Bull, you start to anticipate the next line, and you're reading it ahead. And, and I like to think of that. That's like training wheels on a, on a bicycle. That's how we learn to read um, and learn this kind of joy of uh, having a text speak to us. Yeah. And, and you've written the, uh, the, the, end of the, life, uh, the End of Your Life book club is about – this idea of reading uh, books together with uh, your mother as she was nearing the end of her life, uh, which is a different kind of uh, intimacy around uh, the written word. Talk about uh, talk about that experience. Well, it was a wonderful experience. My mother was um, unfortunately diagnosed with stage 4B pancreatic cancer when she was 73 years old. And typically, uh, people only live uh, often about six months, but we were lucky, and, and she lived for two years. Uh, and I spent a lot of time with her, as did my brother and sister, at various uh, appointments, and I often went with her to chemo. And we found that when we talked about books, something magical happened. Mm -hmm. We were no longer a sick person and a well person. We were barely even a mother and a son. We were two readers on a journey. And as long as we were reading and talking about books, um, my mother left the chemo suite, and we were growing and learning things and exploring. But something else really important happened, too, which is the books allowed us to talk about really difficult topics that might have been too difficult to address head on. Yeah. So yeah. they did two things. They allowed us to kind of escape where we were, but they allowed us to more fully engage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. Tell us about a book that changed your life or the way you see life uh, and tell us why we should all read it or tell us about a fictional character you would want to have a conversation with if you could, uh, why that's so. Tell us the role that books play in your life. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page. And put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Let's start with uh, Rhonda in Ypsilanti. Rhonda, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good, good. good. Um, the book that changed my life um, was Woman on the Edge of Time by Marge Piercy. Uh -huh. um, it, it really, it fundamentally shifted who I was as a person. I read it in college um, in an introductory women's studies course. And it just it, it the it was a, it's a story about a utopian slash dystopian future, uh -huh. and um, a, a people from the future came and pulled this woman from the present into the future to show her what was possible, and that she needed to do a task in the present to prevent that from being destroyed. Huh. And it just it illustrated this world of what was possible for humanity if we could just figure out a way to love each other and to be harmonious with each other and the earth. And from that point forward, everything I've done in my life has been towards that vision. Wow. So wow. it was very powerful. That's, I mean, that's a very, very powerful uh, effect. Sabrina, how, or, uh, Rhonda, how old were you when, uh, when, you talked, when you read that book? I was 17. I was at U of M. I was a freshman at U of M, and I was 17 years old. Okay. And now I'm 47. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, Marge Piercy, of course, is a Detroit native and also a graduate of uh, the University yes. of Michigan. So that's a great local 
connection. It's such a great story, and I love that's the college education that I would just wish for everyone. When college is doing that, it's firing on all all cylinders. Right, right. Uh, that's right. Giving you uh, things that, that that sort of shape your your thinking for the rest of your life. Rhonda, thanks very much for the call uh, and sharing that story with us. Let's go to Drew in Inkster. Drew, welcome Good to Detroit. Good morning. Today. How is everybody? Good. How are you? Not too shabby. I'd like to um, share a book that changed my life and still is changing my life. It's called Mozart's Brain and the Fighter Pilot. Okay. Um, are you, any of you familiar? Remember? I'm not, I'm not familiar. I am not, no. Oh, it's not a new book, but it sure is a great one. Um, it's to paraphrase about what the book is about, is to be a fighter pilot, you have to live in the moment. You have to go beyond thinking to subconscious energy even to be a successful fighter pilot, to win the battle. Huh. Yeah, and for me, it's helped me to live in the moment more. I, I find that if I can live in the moment, I feel more like that fighter pilot or Mozart even finding things that I never would have found thinking onto the subconscious energy once again. Wow. Wow. What, uh, I guess I'm, I'm left wondering what the connection the book draws between Mozart's brain and being a fighter pilot. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand your question. The connection between the two? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, because Mozart was a musician and couldn't hear well, he still felt the energy of music, could write the music, felt the passion of music, even though he couldn't hear well. Okay. And the, the same with a fighter pilot. You can't rely on what you think. You have to go past what we think and to the subconscious level, which is, you know, it's not an easy place to live in the moment or right. in the subconscious. Right. Yeah. Okay, Drew, I really appreciate your calling and uh, and sharing that with us. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, that uh, that I exactly get what, what the, the, the book is, is about or the draw to it, but the, the idea that you are drawn to it, I think, is 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 really exciting. So thanks very much for listening and for the call. Uh, Will Schwalbe, I want to talk a little about the ways in which we share uh, literature and the ways in which we share literature on sort of a small scale with people, uh, as you point out, like uh, your mother at the, the end of her life, but the ways in which uh, we we share it as a community. Uh, I, I feel like we're in a, a sort of sweet spot of time where people want to talk a lot about books and the ideas that they get from those books. Well, books, um, I think this is a great time for books, and I, I really believe we need books in our lives now more than ever, uh, which is one of the reasons I'm so thrilled to be invited to the uh, Midwest Literary Walk, because it really answers that kind of need, the need to get together with, with our fellow citizens. And, and I love to use this phrase, literally be on the same page, hmm. that when we're all reading the same books or just sharing books that we love, um, we all can join the conversation. Right. Um, and we learn so much about each other through testing our opinions against other people's. Um, so books are this, this marvelous thing. And, and another thing I like to say is they're, they're one of the few things you can do by yourself that make you feel less lonely, not more lonely. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. Uh, great, great thought there. Again, the number on the phones, as always, is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter 
and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Tell us about books that changed your life or your outlook on life. And while you think we should read it or tell us about fictional characters you'd love to have a conversation with, uh, tell us about books that turned you on to reading when you were a child and that you still remember or maybe go back to to read now. Uh, let's go to Phyllis in Warren. Phyllis, welcome yeah. to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Yes, I, I wanted to call in because I love your discussion about books, but I have to tell you, I am in my 80s and I am almost blind, oh, no. but I still read. And I want to encourage anybody in your listening audience that if they are having this kind of problem, contact their library for the blind. I use the Clinton Macomb Township Library for the Blind. Mm-hmm. We, get, we have a reading group. We get books in the mail. They're sent to us on this digital recorder. We listen to the book, and then on the first Monday of the month, we have a conference call discussion. So you don't have to drive. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to be able to read. And I thoroughly hope that out there is at least one person who will get the message. You don't have to give up reading, even though you've lost your sight. And you can join the Library for the Blind. There are other, um, I think, other outlets in in Michigan. I don't know if they all do the same thing. But the Clinton-Macomb Township Library, Library for the Blind that is there, at least has this conference called Book Group. Throughout my life, I started all kinds of book groups. I started one when I moved to Warren. It's still continuing, even though I'm not a part of it. And I cannot tell you what reading has meant to me from the time I was probably two or three years old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's such a great story, Phyllis. I'm so glad you uh, you listened and that you called to share that with us. Uh, uh, Will Schwalbe, what she's talking about there, I think, gets exactly to what we were just talking about, this idea. Oh, absolutely. It's such a wonderful story, and it's such a great um, uh, reminder to people and public service, too. And I also... Uh, Audio, the world of audiobooks is a wonderful, wonderful world um, that, that uh, you know, many people are able to discover and engage with books um, through audiobooks. I love the idea of the uh, telephone conference so mm-hmm. that people can talk mm-hmm. about books that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's amazing what a good audiobook reader can do, too. And I, I meet so many people across the country who take advantage of, of time. They listen to books as they are on their way to work or walking around the neighborhood and uh, find time for books that they never knew they had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phyllis, again, great, uh, great information in that call and, and such a wonderful, heartwarming story about yeah. how the power of words does not diminish over time or uh, with age. Uh, thanks very much for the call. Uh, let's go to Sabrina in downtown Detroit. Sabrina, welcome Hi. to Detroit today. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, I really appreciate her talking about the idea of not being able to see but still be a part of the reading culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I just listened recently to the audiobook of Trevor Noah, and to hear it in his own voice huh. with the clicks of the South African languages, I wouldn't have gotten that had I tried to read. Why? Right. Wow. 
That's very cool. So that book was very moving. Um, that was my first, one of my first audio book experiences. I do like paper and pages. I'm very tactile. <laughs> so that was really great for her to remind us of that. Sure, sure. No, that is. Uh, I, I have not read Trevor Noah's book, but uh, but maybe yeah, it's now. It's called Born, Born a Crime. It's really a great listen. Uh-huh. If you have time to, to listen to it in your car, it's really awesome. Yeah, no, I'll have to, I'll have to go check that out. Uh, uh, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments there, Sabrina. Let's go to Eric. Eric in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit today. Hello. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, I just wanted to uh, share with everybody that something that, that I've found incredibly uh, uh, wonderful for years and years now, probably 30 years or so, I've always picked up uh, Granta, which is a quarterly literary uh, magazine. The thing I love about the collection of short stories is it opens me up to authors I may not have any familiarity with, hmm. new authors, old authors, poetry, uh, photographs. And I found that really, really uh, incredibly valuable over the last 30 years. Yeah. How did you, how did you find that, uh, that literary publication? You know, I, I don't know. I think I just kind of got addicted to short stories when I was much younger and, you know, the short stories of Hemingway and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it just appealed to me that, uh, you know, you could get wrapped up in 40, 50 pages and, uh, you know, com- complete, the, uh, complete the story. It's right, fun. right. Uh, Eric, that's a great story, too. Thanks very much uh, for calling and, uh, and uh, contributing that to our conversation here. Let's go to uh, Dan in Detroit. Dan. Welcome to Detroit today. Hey, Stephen. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So I, I'm actually on my way into work right now, and I work as a tutor oh. uh, with with young kids. I get to. It, it's really cool. I get to you know teach them how to read. Not not only you know wh- what does this word say, but also whole stories. Um, so I guess I just wanted to say you know thank you for having this conversation because I, I get to see every day. You know how how cool it is to uh-huh. see young kids, you know, read a story and, and discover that that whole other world. You know that is written language. Yeah. No, there is something about that, and and I I have never really worked as a tutor, Dan, but uh, I am raising two children, and uh-huh. and I and I remember that moment where it it all sorts starts to click. Not not yeah. just as you point out the the mechanical side of. Of reading, being able to read, but this idea that there are, these stories uh, are inspiring and that they inspire other ideas that, that that you might have, there is something really magical about that. Uh, and what a what an incredible gift, Dan. I mean, I love one of the things I love about this conversation is we're really talking about reading throughout life. You're introducing the topic of giving kids this gift. Um, we heard about college and books were discovered then. And mm-hmm. Phyllis, who's no longer able to see, was able to share with us that books can still bring her joy through her library and audiobooks and conversations. So this is just a lifelong pursuit. And, and that's one of the astonishing things about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will, I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, your appearance at the Midwest Literary Walk, which uh, you're kicking off the walk this year in, in Chelsea. Uh, talk about these kinds of gatherings and readings and, and what they mean to you. Oh, they really, I, I'm on a crusade. I, I'm, uh, I'm not just a, a book author. I'm on this crusade to get everyone to turn to someone else in their daily life and ask the question, what are you reading? Yeah. Um, and, and actually, Stephen, I, I also have a podcast called But That's Another Story, where mm-hmm. I talk to all different kinds of people, and I ask them about the books that changed their life. So I'm really excited to speak to everybody at the Midwestern the Mid- Literary Walk. Mm-hmm. But 
even more I'm excited to hear from them. I'm excited to have exactly the kind of conversation we're having now. And my great hope is that um, Ada Limon and Michael Eric Dyson and I, when we're done, all of the people who come will turn to one another and say, what are you reading? And right. the next day in their communities, they'll say, what are you reading? It's a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will Schwalbe, author of Books for Living, host of the podcast called But That's Another Story, and uh, also authored The End of Your Life Book Club. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, I also want to make an announcement here of sorts. Uh, this summer... On Detroit Today, we are going to have a citywide, regionwide book club. We are going to read a book together. It's Evicted by Matthew Desmond, and we're going to talk about the themes that emerge from that book, themes about housing, about housing insecurity, and the way we live physically in southeast Michigan. So you're going to want to stay tuned to the program and at WDET.org for details about that. Up next, we are going to talk about an author whose work spoke to many readers, especially here in Metro Detroit, Elmore Leonard. You know him as a great crime novelist, but did you know about the many westerns he wrote? Stay with us and stay with us on the phones telling us about the books that changed your life or your outlook on life. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.